0: Sports Talk for real sports fans. 1700, the champ.
1: Good afternoon. Welcome in once again. Jimmy B and TC on the air with you here on a Tuesday as we talk the world of sports with you for the next hour. Taking you up until 2 o'clock today. Busy show lined up for you as we get into what we saw last night, Monday Night Football, a victory for the Atlanta Falcons, keeping their hopes alive of making a run in the second half. Julio Jones, again, uh, nothing doing down in the end zone, but big plays late in the game. We saw Eli Manning struggling out there at times, still ended up passing-wise a nice game when you look at statistically what he put together, but certainly an interesting one out of uh, the Giants as they continue their downward trend, doesn't matter, with Odell Beckham and Saquon Barkley, what you see, it has been a continued issue with that. We'll get into Monday Night Football, we got Sean Tomlinson, he's going to be stopping by today, he'll come with us here at about 0120 or so, we'll get to Sean, talk a lot of NFL with him, get his perspective on what he saw last night, and we'll get into the math a little bit. Down 14, score a touchdown, go for two, the math says it's right, I get the math. Still still struggle a little bit, wrapping my mind around. I'm not the smartest guy. We'll talk about that with Sean Tomlinson coming up here in just a little bit. Also, later on in the program today, we will get ready for the World Series. Game one tonight with the Dodgers and the Red Sox. We will talk about the matchup. We'll get our predictions out there. And we will bring that to you a little bit later in the program today. Earlier today, press conferences. In fact, press conferences still going on with the assembled media in Iowa City and Ames. Some thoughts on that. Two teams now preparing for what sets to be an absolute monster of a week. A huge, huge one for both Iowa and Iowa State. Iowa going on the road once again, making their way off for another two-gamer as they go out and they'll be facing off against Penn State, followed by Purdue. Which game is more difficult? Boy, after what we saw on Saturday, Indiana hanging tough with Penn State. Plenty of opportunities in that game. Just a week after, Iowa went out there to Bloomington and dominated that football game. You have that on one side. And then, of course, what we're seeing with Iowa State. After the bye week, bouncing back for a while. Felt like maybe this was going to be an Iowa State team that was going to be sitting here. What do they have in terms of eligibility for a bowl? After what they did to West Virginia... The the complexion of this team has completely changed, and now the Cyclones are thinking about not only getting three more victories and getting to bowl eligibility, and with the remaining schedule, Texas Tech this week at Kansas, Baylor at Texas, K-State, and, of course, Incarnate Word at the end. Well, the real possibility that Incarnate Word will not be part of the schedule because they'll be playing in the Big 12 championship game. It's a different conversation than what we're normally having on October 23rd. Two teams in realistic contention of playing for a conference championship. We haven't had that in a long, long time, and we have it here this season. Now, Iowa State, for all intents and purposes, they have to be perfect from here on out. Are there scenarios available where they could lose one game? And more than likely, it'd be the game down in Austin against Texas. There are scenarios that they could lose that game, yet still in a tiebreaker, make their way to Dallas. But it's going to be incredibly difficult. They have to be perfect They have to win these five conference games to get that opportunity, to get that shot, and it starts this week for Texas Tech. And I get the Iowa State fans that that look at this game against the Red Raiders and harken back to what we've seen the last couple of seasons. A year ago, dominating performance, 31-13, completely shutting down that Texas Tech team. The year previous, with Pat Mahomes behind center, they come up here to Ames and Iowa State took it to him. I mean, just a complete domination of the Red Raiders. I think this is different. This Texas Tech team is much better defensively than what we've seen in the past. Are they great? Are they elite? No. But there is some kind of resistance at the very least. You're you're certainly seeing that out of this Texas Tech team. Now, what are they going to have at the quarterback position? The injuries that they had, we saw Jet Duffy out there a week, uh, a couple weeks ago, I guess, in that Thursday night game for Texas Tech as they took on TCU. It's not the same Red Raider offense with him out there. Just not. Not nearly as explosive. They can't do the same kind of things that they normally do in the passing game. It is different. Jim, this one with Texas Tech as we welcome you aboard. Thanks for joining the program today. How are you, by the way?
0: Thank you, pal. Thank you. I'm doing great, pal. Thank you.
1: Late getting in. Busy day for you.
0: Oh, I was getting a lottery ticket.
1: (laughs) That's what it was. Oh, now the truth comes out. Jimmy B had to stop and get his lottery ticket. He can't get here by (laughs) 1 o'clock because he's getting his lottery ticket. Unbelievable, Brinson. (laughs) Man's got to do what a man's got to do. You know that. (laughs) Oh, man. So Jimmy B, he's, he's playing the lottery. Can't get to work on time. Regardless, Jimmy B, I was just saying, Texas Tech, This is a better Red Raiders squad than what Iowa State's seen the last two years. Better defensively. We'll see offensively what they're going to be able to bring in. But for Iowa State games that are overlooking that game, I would be a little bit tepid about that.
0: You cannot overlook Texas Tech. If you're a Cyclone fan, you cannot overlook this game. They went to TCU and shut down TCU and won that game. Look, this is a team. They are not as explosive, Trent as you just touched on in past seasons, offensively. But their defense has improved. The one thing that Texas Tech will have to get used to when they play this game against the Cyclones is that Iowa State's defense is now really, really good. Mm -hmm. Really good. And that's going to change the entire dynamic of this game. And I think, to be honest with you, I think the Cyclones' defense can hold this Texas Tech Red Raider team uh, to less than 17 points. And I believe the offense, with a newfound enthusiasm and a freshman quarterback, can put like 28 on the board. So I'm comfortable in saying that right now just because of what we have seen the last couple of games. And the defense is getting better and better, and the offense with Purdy at quarterback, and now a much more healthy David Montgomery running the football, has turned Iowa State not into a juggernaut, but into a fierce offensive unit. And they were struggling to find that early in the season, Trent. Remember, they they couldn't really get out of first gear. Now, this offensive unit has gone all the way to fourth gear, and if they stay relatively healthy... They might even get into that passing gear on the highway, and that would be fifth gear.
1: All right, let's jump over to Iowa. They also have a big one, and uh, to keep their hopes alive, to get to a conference championship game, this one is Penn State. And normally, Penn State get a little bit nervous. This is a really good team. We've seen that, obviously, throughout the years. Incredibly talented, but this Penn State edition without Saquon Barkley They still make big plays. Of course, Trace McSorley can make plays not just with his arm but also with his feet. But it certainly seems like they are a step back than what we've seen the last couple of years.
0: I'm comfortable with that statement. Yes, they are not as explosive as they were. And this is a winnable game for Iowa. It's not like in past seasons where they're a 10- to 13-point underdog. They're not. But I think that the defense of Iowa counteracts offense what Penn State likes to do. The key for Penn State winning the game is going to be the quarterback play, just like it has been in the past, of McSorley. And the kid is an incredible athlete, throws it, runs it, and is extremely football smart on the field. He can find ways to beat you through the air with his legs, whatever. With the inclement weather that is forecast for this particular game, Trent, I think it's really going to come down to Iowa State's defense having the opportunity in lousy weather to make this a slobber knocker like they did against Maryland, mm-hmm. although Penn State will throw the ball a lot better than the Turfs could. But this could be another one of those real fast football games because the weather will be bad and you won't be able to throw it as much. And that, if it takes away that weapon from Penn State of McSorley being an accurate passer, that really gives Iowa
1: a much better chance to win on the road. We'll get into those games a little bit more as the week continues on. Again, press conferences from today, plenty to take out of that. Jim, back to Monday Night Football, and we got Sean Tomlinson coming up here in just a little bit. We'll talk with him. I do want to get your thoughts, though, on going for two, down 14. Initially, I was left scratching my head. Then I saw the way the math works out, and it does Mm -hmm. make sense. It does make sense if you're – well, if you're anybody but Eli Manning in the Giants offense, that, that's the problem that I have with it. You know, people throw out these numbers. And in the NFL, two-point conversions, about 50% proposition, couple that with extra points, and you have a one to 2 chance. I, I get the math and the way that it breaks down, but that's for a average NFL offense. With Eli Manning and what we saw out of them, that's the problem that I had with it. Not the math that is involved, but not every situation is exactly right Down 14, score a touchdown, go for two. I get the math, but there's more than just math involved here. I I would
0: think so. And look, you're trying to win a game. I mean, you're going into that game last night, if you're the New York Giants, with only one win. And an Atlanta team that is really had a lot of players hurt, they're not in the lineup, and you have a chance to steal one on the road, I would have thought that he would have kicked as well. I understood the math. I get what he was doing. And to be honest with you, Trent, I think maybe later on in the season, we might even see more coaches go for two more often. But last night, you are desperate for a W, desperate for a win. And look, I saw the pass into the end zone, and it had a chance to be caught. But it wasn't. If it's caught, are we still having this same conversation? Mm. Probably not. Because everybody would have said, well, they went for two and they got it. So it's, you know, what have you done for me lately? Generally in the National Football League, it's what have you done for me Sunday, Monday night, or Thursday night. <laughs> that's that's about it.
1: Wild. Uh, absolutely wild. And you see this happening across the NFL. Analytics playing a bigger part. You know, the old, the old chart days are, are completely out the window. It's about... Oh, yeah maximizing your opportunity. We've seen this so much more happening as it pertains to teams going forward on fourth down and the right decisions being made and the teams that have been handicapped by coaches not making the right decision. There's a math element. I get the math element, but I think there also has to be some common sense also involved in too many times. I think we miss on the common sense, Jimmy B.
0: You could be right about that. And, I know that guys like us, we study everything, and we have to come with to grips with it from time to time. But I, I, I got the math. I, I just didn't care for the play. That's all. I probably would have kicked the extra point at that particular
1: time, Trent. We're getting a timeout when we come back on the other side, deeper into the NFL. We'll get the excuse me perspective of Sean Tomlinson, his thoughts on what we saw in week number seven of the NFL, a look ahead to week number eight who the best teams are, Packers, Chiefs, Bears, Vikings. We'll hit the locals. We'll do it next on Jimmy B T C.
2: What up, Des Moines? It's Bill Ryder. So great to be talking to the hometown once again.
1: Catch Ryder than you every weekday from 6 to 9 p.m. on 1700 The Channel. Are you interested in starting a new franchise? You can find a lawyer right here in the state of Iowa to help with your franchise law needs. Rush Niggin with Brick Gentry Law PC provides law services for those involved in starting a new franchise. Find more information online at RushOnBusiness.com where Nigget can assist you in buying or starting a new franchise. A presenting sponsor of the 2018 high school football season on 1700 KBGG. Brick Gentry Law PC and Rush Rushnigget.
2: Brought to you by Capital City Motor Company, a dealer for the people who believes that everyone deserves to drive a nicer, newer car today. Visit Capital City Motor Company in Des Moines on East University off of I-235 or online at ApprovedByJoe.com, ApprovedByJoe.com, ApprovedByJoe.com. Looks like we have another contestant for Russian Roofer Roulette. Place your bet. Choose from Unmet Expectations we overpromise and underdeliver, or we'll carelessly drag our ladder over your daffodils. Let's log on to Google and play. That's 7290770 or find us online at rightroofing.com. That's rightroofing.com with an r. Roof it once, roof it right, right,
1: roofing. Everyone is a champion in their own way, but aches and pains can make you want to give up on your training or workouts. Dig out those festive sweaters, gather your family, kids, and pets, because it's time for the ARL Santa and Paws Holiday Photos. Santa will even be making an appearance. By having your photos taken, you'll be supporting the homeless pets at the ARL, and we'll end up with great photos for your holiday cards this year. Multiple dates, times, and locations are available during November, so schedule your time now at arl-iowa.org. santa
0: And welcome back, everybody. We continue right here on 1700 The Champ. Sean Tomlinson, Bleacher Report, on the National Football League, joins us right now. Sean, good afternoon to you to begin with. And second, I guess the National Football League has hit the load again because the television ratings are off the chart and the games, at least for the most part, have been sensational.
3: Yeah, I mean, that... <laughs> We all knew this was going to happen, right? I mean, everybody uh, you last year and beyond saying for various reasons that they're boycotting football. I mean, that that they were never actually doing that. You know, we we can't resist football in the fall when when the temperature drops a little on the east and carving out our couch groove and watching for sixteen hours, especially when the London games on at nine thirty in the morning, East Coast time. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it, the the games yesterday had, had their moments when they were very compelling. They had their moments when they weren't. But I find often, even in the bad games, there's something to watch on to. Like, it's fun to watch Saquon Barkley, even though the Giants are terrible. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think football is, I, I, I want to say it's bad, but I don't think it ever really went away.
1: Good way to put it, no doubt. Sean Tomlinson joining us from Bleacher Report as we talk some NFL. Well, let's get away from the TV and let's get into the games. First, uh, a small look back at the weekend, and I was incredibly excited about the late afternoon window, and no, I did not fall victim to Cowboys Redskins. It was all about the Saints and Ravens going into that game for me. Watched a ton of it. Entertaining game, but the way that it finished, with Justin Tucker missing that kick, I think it continues to spotlight Initially I wasn't a big fan of the extra point being moved back but now that we have it even Justin Tucker can miss a kick like that it's such more a com- more compelling play I love it We're not going to go back to the old way of lining this thing up at the 10 yard line right Do they have it right with the extra point
3: In my opinion they they do because the alternative is getting rid of it entirely I mean oh, Yeah but 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 beforehand what was happening is it was an automatic play. It was hit uh 98% of the time. And it was the sort of play where you are going for a bathroom break, you are going to the fridge, you are not watching the extra point. It was we we, we treated touchdowns like there were seven points even though that's not technically correct. Uh and and now like listen Justin Tucker he's still the best kicker in the NFL, but it's in that moment he's he's human. He is he is you on the golf course when, you know, you're having a pretty good round through about sixteen holes and all of a sudden you shank one over a few fairways. It it's just it happens. Even the best guys miss hit one and uh and it just it's it's astonishing with him of course and it's 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 jarring but, but yeah, I think we've made that play matter and we made it meaningful, even though it's still um connecting the, you know, the most of the time. I think the percentage is still in the low nineties, but just that extra little bit, that it, it now makes it meaningful, and it, it, it just isn't that, uh, that snooze-fest play. Uh,
0: if, if we had to have a Super Bowl game today, look, I know we're just getting to close halfway of the NFL season, but if we had to have a Super Bowl game today, would the best and most intriguing matchup be the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Rams, or do you have two other teams that you would want?
3: Uh, yeah, I yeah, I, th- there's no way around that. I think it it's that that would be so exciting with both those offenses, the talent uh, to throughout them. But beyond that, the talent on the sideline and and what uh, and and what Nagy's doing and and, and what Reed's doing, excuse me, and McVeigh. I think I had a little. Kind of Freudian slip there because I, (laughs) I I I doubt it happens. But if your Bears could come up and rebound, and uh, I I think that offense is a heck of a lot of fun too. Uh, I know there's a lot of heartbreak yesterday with with White being uh, you know uh, doing his best Kevin Dyson routine, Um, what one yard away. But you know Mac isn't quite healthy right now, and Tariq Cohen looked fantastic. So just. Sort of from an entertainment standpoint, that would be a lot of fun, too. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the Chiefs right now, I've, I've said repeatedly, if that defense, the, the bar for that defense is so incredibly low, if it could even play at a top 20 level, um, the Chiefs are a juggernaut. And we saw that yesterday. I think, yes, Patrick home, Mahomes was fantastic like he always is, but the defense won that game to me.
1: Last night, Monday Night Football, a incredibly boring first half. At least we got some scoring in the second half with Atlanta and the G-Men. But, Sean, late in the game, Giants down two scores, down 14. They score the touchdown and go for two. Twitter exploded. I was left scratching my head. But then the math was explained to me. Are you in the camp? Are you all about the math here? Did Shermer and company do the right decision? Your thoughts on going for two after they cut it to eight?
3: Yeah, there. To me, the map is I, I, we're having this sort of revolution where uh, you know people are starting to understand just the basic elements of uh, how you should handle the, these these late game situations. You're down eight; it's already a one score game. Now I understand that you know you have to have it hit that two point conversion, but you're already. There, in position to to make it, you've already gone down the field, okay. So you're increasing your odds in in that sense. If if you hit it, then you could potentially win the game the next time you get down the field. If you don't hit it, well, it's still a one score game, and then you have a chance to hit it again if if you if you ha- if if you're lucky if if you earn that. But yeah, I, I I really had no problem with it. Um, you know, especially with with what I just said with how the with how the math sort of adds up, but also. With that team, I mean, why are, are we really playing risk-averse football here with, with that team and in that situation? I, I obviously understand everybody plays for their jobs, but at some point you've got to take a few chances, right? And that seems like a pretty good spot to do it.
0: I'm real curious, your thoughts on right now the Minnesota Vikings. Are they as good as what they are supposed to be or not quite there yet? And the Green Bay Packers, who are coming off a bye week. And do we see Aaron Rodgers without a knee brace?
3: I hope we see him without a knee brace eventually, just for the sake of, you know, I have no sort of stake in the game. I'm, you know, I'm unbiased football watcher and, and media guy. But I just just I, I want to see him functioning at full health, because what he can do with, you know, it seems like about one and a half legs, He's fantastic. He's, he's still playing at an extremely high level, um, but he just needs some support, and he needs some help with with the receivers around him too. Uh, two, two weeks ago, that, that was a you know the the standard Rodgers miracle we've all come to expect. Um, but the fact that he has to consistently pull that off, and 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 they're relying on him for that sort of brilliance, that's not a recipe for for success. Uh, as as far as the Vikings are, are are concerned, I think it's a team still sort of finding its identity and and its way offensively with with a new quarterback and uh, with with Cook back and you know we're, we maybe have to check ourselves with how much we expect from from guys coming back from ACL tears. It's not not everybody's Adrian Peterson and and you know an an MVP candidate Cook coming back, right? So. And as it, as far as the defense is, it, it is concerned, yeah, the the pieces are still there, but it just goes to show how how hard it is to play at that level consistently. You're going to have you know interceptions you barely miss, quarterbacks that wiggle away from sacks, and that leads to points. And it just it just so difficult to do that. But it's they're right in the thick of of what is a surprisingly tough division, and the Lions are coming up too.
1: We're talking right now NFL with Sean Tomlinson from BleacherReport.com, Jimmy B and TC on 1700 The Champ. Well, it finally happened. Uh, A lot of people have been talking about this for a long time. The Giants have finally traded Eli. (laughs) Eli Apple (laughs) traded to the Saints. It's not the big name. It's not Eli Manning. But Eli Apple has been a disappointment his first couple of years in New York. The Saints looking for help. The pass defense, even as the defense has been okay Pass defense certainly has had some struggles here. Your thoughts on the trade and the Giants uh, look to be waving the white flag.
3: Yeah, th- th- this is what you you should be doing. Clearly, it's it's not fun for any fan to go through. But I think we're seeing this happen much more so in, in in the NFL these sort of trades as as we get closer to the to the deadline because when the when the rookie weight scale went in effect, I want to say it was that 2013, but or, anyways we're now at the point where the contracts aren't nearly as costly to, to, to move around. And when so many teams have so much cap space anyways, because the cap keeps jumping about $10 million every year, you've, you've got that opportunity to make some deals. Now, Eli Apple, he's always had intriguing length to him. He's, got, he's a, he's a long-arms, tall guy, plays physical. He's had his moments. He's had his flashes. And, you know, the, the Saints... They've mysteriously taken this big step back with with their secondary, and and last year that that defense really was was impressive. So, you know, it's it's almost a sports cliche, but perhaps in a in a in a fresh environment, uh, Eli Apple rediscovers what got him to be a high draft pick, and and what you know brought him to those flashes that that I spoke of. But um, the Saints really need that out of him because sort of similar to. Uh, green bay just on a lesser extent but they they do ask a lot out of an an aging quarterback you know he he has much more support but regardless you want that defense you know needing to score 30 plus points a game to to win is uh is is less than ideal
0: (laughs) You, you got that right okay so we referenced eli but that was eli apple did eli has he shown enough for New York to try to move him? Would Jacksonville be interested, or do you think that we're just beating a dead horse here? Hey,
3: it, listen, it, what is the trade value of Eli Manning at, at, at this point, realistically? Like You, you mentioned Jacksonville as, as a potential landing spot for him or or any upgrade over Blake Bortles, which is a lot of quarterbacks right about now. Um, is he an upgrade over Blake Bortles? Uh, I mean, we're, we're talking about a quarterback... Eli Manning, at, at this age, and at this stage of his career, he just cannot push the ball downfield. Um, he doesn't have, to me, the arm strength anymore or mentally the confidence in that arm strength, and he's wasting Odell Beckham uh, for for that reason. So if, if he goes to Jacksonville, I, I don't see that change. Now he get much more uh, to, defensive support. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think you just play out the string here with, with him. The, the Giants, we have no other option. Uh, I'll say this, with with McAdoo last year, he got ripped pretty hard, and, you know, somehow, somewhere he's sitting back and, and smiling, saying, I, I got one thing right, that only that Manning has done, and he's been done, that's not just a one-off this year, he's been done for two or three years, um, and it's a really puzzling career, a career defined by um, two great, but sort of at least one really lucky throw with a Tyree catch, but... I, with the Jaguars, they should have signed or traded for Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, it's it's absurd that, you know, a, a team that made the playoffs in advance, they they were beating the Patriots by 10 points in the fourth quarter. They did, had a great season uh, with a great defense. They do not need a great quarterback, but they just need somebody who's a little bit better than Blake Bortles.
1: <laughs> that they do. Hey, another on quarterbacks, and I uh, want to get your perspective on Andrew Luck as we see him working his way back from this shoulder injury lost season that he had. He uh had thrown a lot of picks early on. It was against Buffalo, and Buffalo's not great, but the defense is pretty good. He played incredibly well on Sunday. Where Andrew Luck is going, and is he maybe moving himself back into that conversation, top-tier quarterback, and a lot to be the great that it looked like he was on the path to?
3: I I think and hope so. I mean, we're, it, It's hard to maybe bring up in your mind right now, because in the NFL, the the season moves at warp speed, and we spend so much time talking about last week or next week. But it wasn't so long ago that Andrew Luck was in the top tier of, of quarterbacks in, in the NFL. And beyond that, we were all really excited about this young guy coming up, and he's going to take over the league for the next decade. And then he just continued to get pummeled behind an awful offensive line and really didn't get much support. And eventually, because he is human, he he broke down. And now, you know, you, you spent a year with the with the Colts, really not telling you what was going on. Uh, you know, cough cough, kind of sounds like the Dolphins with Ryan Daniel right now. Mm. But um, and and then now he gets back, and you know, we you, you need realistic expectations. You can't have him right away. Um, looking like his old self from two years ago. But we're, we're at midseason now. You're seeing that arm strength come back. You're seeing just the, the, the zip on the ball and that quick release. I, I don't think the Colts are going to make a whole lot of noise this year, but you can have those small victories, and I think seeing Andrew Luck rise again is, is definitely one of them.
0: Um, take me to the trading deadline. It is the uh, 30th. Uh, we just saw the Apple deal go down. Do you see any other big-name players making a move out in Arizona? Patrick Peterson has apparently demanded a trade, and the the inside line was apparently the New Orleans Saints. But now that they have acquired Apple, that deal most likely is off the table. Is there anything out there that you could like uh, kind of give us a heads up on?
3: Yeah, I I think with Peterson, it's just a I mean it, he and and he, he rightfully so. He, he makes a whole lot of money. And even though there's there's teams with a lot of couch space, that's that's the hurdle there is is can you can you fit it in for, for, for the rest of the year? And he's just such a pillar with, with the Cardinals that I know Bidwell has said these he, he wouldn't be moved. So there's sort of a lot of murkiness there. Uh, the the big name of course to watch, as we all have been since August, is is Bell. And he's Supposedly coming back, and we'll. But it's how, you know, now that it's it's clear that his future in in Pittsburgh is just the rest of this season, uh, and 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 Connor has been been quite good. You know, Kit will the Steelers sort of have the stomach to move on from him midseason, perhaps get a high draft pick or get whatever they can get. And, and and know that they still have a, a, a great offense, and that they can still do do very well. And what is sort of beyond the the Chiefs is sort of a, a, a weird AFC this year, right? Um, the Patriots have, 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 have rebounded, but uh, I I think they can still go go far into the playoffs even without Le'Veon Bell. So that that to me is the is is still the name to watch. And um, you know, it's it's so strange because. Yes, he's tremendously talented, but you have to commit to the same problem the stewards are doing with. Will you pay him? Will you pay him what he wants and what he has earned? So, uh, yeah, watch that one closely.
1: Sean, final thing from me. I'll let Jim finish up with you here. I think we can agree the Rams, the Chiefs, the Patriots, and probably the Saints, the top four teams, if we agree to agree on that. Who is the fifth best team in the league right now?
3: The fifth? Um... I, I, it's so odd, I mean, uh, the Bengals, I think they look really good this year, I know, they, they obviously even, they, they got pounded yesterday, or uh, Sunday, but, but even still, um, what, what they've done, it, it, the, the, the good Andy Dalton seems to have shown up, um, how, how Tower Boyd is really rounded into, into form, finally given uh, AJ Green some, some support. You know, you, you want to see how they they bounce back from getting throttled, but um, surprisingly, uh, they I, I I think they're they're cracking the top five, and um, yeah, it's uh, again the AFC is, is, is just been a kind of kind of strange this year. So uh, I, I I would have to go with them.
0: Hmm. I'm curious about who's going to win the South. Everybody thought it was going to be Jacksonville. Now Houston has emerged. Is Houston good enough to win the South, or do they need to do like an upgrade in the wide receiver position spot in order to get DeAndre Hopkins some help?
3: Uh, They need, to me, wide receiver is, it's an issue there, but it's it's second to, you know, can you keep all of uh, Watson's, bones in their proper working order and pieces <laughs> and okay. we're talking about a guy who was so banged up he couldn't get on a flight he had to take a bus back from the game yesterday yes. uh, this Sunday I mean and, and it's a shame because he is such an electric athlete so talented um, and when he gets even a little bit of protection what, what he can do so uh, that's why when I, I you know, you, you keep talking about the AFC the, the being weird, and especially that, but that division's a big part of it because, you know, you really don't know what Texans team you're going to get in any, any given week, even though they've, they've bounced back. That offensive line can crumble in any minute. Um, the, the, the Jaguars are, to me, the, the, the defense is still really solid, but it's just, you know, the offense is continue hanging out the dry. Uh, there's just, it's, it's really tough to gauge that. Um, I if, if, if you were to give me an, uh, an edge right now, I would say it's still Houston just based on their, their offensive talent. But it's just uh, it's it's such a strange battle you're going to see there, and I think it'll go right down to the end of the season.
1: Sean Tomlinson joining us to look around the NFL. Sean, as always, good catching up with you. Thank you so much for your time.
3: No problem. Thank you.
1: Good stuff out of Sean. You can find his work over at The Score and uh, BleacherReport.com. All right, Jimmy B. Mm-hmm. The math. We talked about it earlier, the math in the game. Are you a believer now, or are you getting it? Are you frustrated by the new math of the NFL, going for two? We saw the <laughs> Eagles do it a couple weeks ago. Where do you sit yeah. now after a conversation with Sean?
0: If it were me, I'd probably go for two almost every time after <laughs> I scored. Uh-huh. I, I'm ser- I'm serious. Uh, look, I, I, I get that the kickers are so good and that they rarely miss. I understand that, but this is a points driven league now, Trent, and people say, Well, defense wins championship. Not anymore. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. And you have some offenses that are just so potent that you have to continually put points on the board. And you might settle for an extra point kick here and there. But I think Trent down the stretch here, I think coaches are gonna really, you know, start taking those chances and they're gonna and they're gonna go for two a lot more than what people think. I, I mean, that's just my feeling on it right now because points now are so important.
1: Hey, one more note on the NFL: uh, the yeah. Broncos and and Ken mm-hmm. just finished up here a little while ago, but I brought this up with him. Chad Kelly gets arrested. There yeah. was a report before that that Chad Kelly was going to get a shot at quarterback. Now that's not going to be the case. You have a TMZ report. About a cocaine-themed party with the Broncos, boy, it's got to be a rough time to be Ken Miller, huh?
0: <laughs> I'm telling you, he's down on the floor in a fetal position as we speak. Look, I don't know, I don't know how closely you looked at the uh, police report for Chad Kelly, but apparently, when he broke into this house, the couple that lived there, the man. Grabbed a vacuum cleaner hose and started beating him on the back with a vacuum cleaner hose. I, I can honestly say, I don't think in my long life here on the planet, I've ever seen somebody beaten with a vacuum cleaner hose before. So from that aspect, uh, that's a first for me. The, the thing that gets me on this is, is that they they are not out of the race I mean, their their record is three and four. They're they're far from done.
1: They're done. I mean, that that, still team, have... stinks. that, that well, team stinks.
0: That Well, well, I'm mean, I'm just saying record rise right now that that their their record keeps them in the hunt for a possible wild card. But when you say they're done, I agree with the fact that I don't think they're really going to go anywhere in the second half of the season. I, I really don't. And, and this is like absolute craziness. It, it really is. It's craziness. So I, I we're going to have to just kind of wait and see later this week to see what they do with Chad Kelly.
1: And on tap this week, a road trip to Kansas City. Good luck with that. Yep. Good luck with that, yeah. Broncos. We get the timeout, putting a cap on things next. Jimmy B and TC continues on 1700 The Champ. Back with you one final time. is Jimmy B and TC, Trent Conn and Jim Brinson talking sports with you. So, Jimmy B, we talked a lot of NFL But let's get into our predictions starting tonight. It is the World Series, Red Sox-Dodgers. You love star power. We get it here certainly in Game 1 on the bump with Clayton Kershaw for the Dodgers, Chris Sale for the Red Sox. But tonight aside for the series, Jimmy B, you said yesterday you were leading Dodgers. You ready to go officially on the books now?
0: I am, and I hope the freaking Red Sox, like, get skunked. I, I really do. I'm too sick now of Boston. I'm sick of the Red Sox. I'm sick of the Patriots, of the Celtics. The Bruins haven't won for a while, so I'm okay with them. But I look, I I I just feel I think you I think you referenced this yesterday. Didn't you say the last time the
1: Dodgers won a
0: World Series was 1988?
1: Was that right? 30 years ago, Earl Hershiser and a uh cast of characters offensively that team couldn't hit the baseball much but they had a that's all they needed
0: that's all they needed so look i i know a lot of people dislike the dodgers as well because they're a huge money team just like the red Sox, and they're always in the hunt they're always in the playoffs they lost the world series last year to the houston astros i i just got this feeling that they're due I mean, finally do. Look, the Red Sox have been the best team all year long, consistent all year long. The Dodgers started out horribly and were like eight and a half games out of first place for a while, and then finally got it going, got guys that were hurt back, and that really kind of transformed them. The difference that I see for L.A., Trent, and I'm going to reiterate this, is that they had to play some critical high-pressure games, including that Game Seven in Milwaukee. So, and that was a road win that advanced them into the World Series. I, I just think that the Dodgers have been up against the wall. They have beaten that wall down, and for some reason, I don't, I, I don't have like a statistic or anything like that. Just a gut feeling. I think the Dodgers will find a way to beat Boston.
1: Hope you're right. That's where I'm betting. But my actual pick as it pertains to prediction, I think the Red Sox get it done in six. I'm with you. I'm rooting for the Dodgers. I hope they get it done for the Dodger fans out there. The Red Sox have had plenty, plenty to cheer about throughout the year. So I'm with you. That's what I'm hopeful is going to happen. But my actual prediction, Red Sox get it done in six. Jimmy B, before we go, uh, this this could be a changing of an era here tonight you told me before we went on the air today, you're as cheap as all get out. I mean we can agree with that, right? You're a very cheap old I, man.
0: I, I, I think most people know that. Yeah.
1: Yes, yes. Um. Wallet, very difficult for you to get to. Some people blame your <laughs> short arms. I know the better than that. Arms. You don't really reach. You don't reach very well for that. But you told me how much did you spend on lottery tickets? Uh twenty bucks. Twenty bucks on lottery tickets. Do you think yes. that improves your chances? No,
0: no, but I, I, always, I always subscribe to the theory like what they uh, try to sell you on. If you don't play, you don't have a chance to win. So I wrote down a bunch of numbers and went to the convenience store and threw a 20 down, Trent. I'll probably be asking you for a loan later
1: this week. <laughs> Seems about right. You, you even, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So you put twenty dollars and you picked your own numbers. You didn't just let the machine do it for you. You had your own numbers. You had to waste a lot of time at the convenience store today. Well, no, I didn't do it there. I wrote ah. them down last night on a piece of paper
0: while I was watching that unbelievable Los Angeles Lakers San Antonio Spurs game last night that went into overtime. Yeah. So what are what are yeah, you going to do? What are you, you going to do what with I the did? money? I, well, wait. You know how I did some of my numbers? I took
1: numbers off of guys' jerseys. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. So twenty three was in there for LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You're ridiculous. You're absolutely ridiculous. So what are you going to do with the one point six billion dollars? Uh, once I, once they take the taxes out and Mm -hmm. I will take it all in one lump sum. I would hope Um, so. It's it's not like you got 50 years left on this planet, Jim. I I I hate to break the news to you,
0: but. Yeah. Even though I feel good, like I I, I know I I don't. Yes, but I, I know I don't, but, uh, I would probably, uh, throw you a bone, uh, $2,000? $2,000? Two, and two I thousand dollars.
1: Two thousand. Whoa, whoa, probably. whoa! You're going to get eight hundred million dollars, and I get two thousand bucks. I mean, I'm, I'm looking for at least seven figures here, Princeton. Come on, help a brother out. <laughs> pay off my mortgage. Pay off, yeah. pay, pay off my mortgage. I pay get off that. my student I,
0: loans. I'll tell you what. I, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll pay off that leak in your ceiling no,
1: in your house. No, thank you, <laughs> thank you. Just what I need. Unbelievable. And the alligator arms are out once again. With that, we are out of here. Good luck, and uh, yeah, don't forget about your friends on the radio. Remember, we work in radio. If you do hit the one point six billion dollar jackpot tonight on the Mega Millions. I got a couple-hour break. You know what? In fact, that's what I need to do. I need to buy a ticket. I'm not going to spend 20 bucks like Jimmy B. I will buy a ticket, but I'll be back at 4 o'clock. Myself and Wolfgang on the drive. It's Tuesday. We'll be at G-Migs in Valley Junction. Stop by. Say hello to us. Should be a fun one out there. The Hawkeye Huddle from 5 until 6 o'clock. Always a great time at Tuesdays at G-Migs. We're out of here. Back at it tomorrow. 1 until 2 o'clock here. On 1700 The Champ. Have a good day, everybody.